Okay, we've just had Black Monday pass, and I have, I believe we have about eight open coaching spots left now in the NFL. The playoff picture is set also in the NFL. We're going to give you our thoughts, predictions, and Super Bowl winner, of course, and the NBA is getting hot and heavy. The Warriors just took their biggest home loss in the Steph Curry era. Wimbayana is now the youngest player ever to record a triple-double in Spurs franchise history. We're going to talk about all that and more on Oh Brother the Podcast. And I'm, of course, your host, Coop. I am your co-host, Big O. Like you said, bro, coaching changes galore. Uh, For starters, uh, the head coaches of both of our favorite teams got canned promptly uh, on Black Monday. They didn't even wait until the clock striked 12.01. Riverboat Ron has been docked. Yes, and Arthur He's Smith got canned at 12.01 we Black Monday. God. We thank God. We thank God. Look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie. I definitely was one of those fans when he came in. I'm like, he might be able to change the culture. It didn't work out in Carolina. But I've come to the conclusion, we need to, res- we need to wash out these old coaches. Mm. Enough is enough. We've seen what these newer coaches are doing. With the exception of John Harbaugh, honestly, there's no real like oh and maybe Mike McCarthy. There's no real like all all the coaches in the playoffs are like newer age coaches and offensive minded coaches. Offensively minded coaches. So my, my my whole thing is Rivera did his thing. We didn't have enough offensively mm-hmm. to get it done and then the defense suffered for it and we turned into just a bad thing altogether. So I'm glad we were able to get rid of him. I'm very excited to see what we can do from here. We actually just hired Bob Myers, who was Golden State's Yeah, I, I, got, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. How do you feel about that move? Because obviously Bob Myers is so, a good basketball guy. <clears throat> How's that going to translate to the NFL here? So I don't know how it translates to the um, NFL, to the NFL in terms of his, uh, what he knows, but I do know from this standpoint he's a winner. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes good decisions based on what he's built in Golden State. So I would like to think he can copy and paste that same mentality to football. Uh, I mean, he wasn't necessarily a basketball guy. Right. You know, he was a business guy. So, so. is he, I guess he's going to be in charge of player personnel. Is he going to be running like front office type things? He's going to be making coaching fire, GM hires. Like what is what is his role, I guess, going forward in this commander's organization? I believe he's he, he is the GM and he's also responsible for um, – Assisting coaches and you know, mm-hmm. finding players and, and whatnot or whatever. So he's know. gonna be evaluating talent as well, evaluating and making, talent, dra- yeah. making draft picks. So he's gonna assisting have in, assisting in draft picks because I mean, obviously, whoever this new coach is is not gonna have much say so in who mm-hmm. we who we draft. So I do think he'll have say so, a lot of say so actually when it comes to who we draft or whatever. And again, that that could boil down to does he know enough about football to draft the right. Players, right. you know, and so. that's probably my ultimate concern for the commanders. It just seems like, you know, since you had a basketball guy by the team and Josh Harris, who was already owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, and then combined with Magic Johnson, you go then and go and get a basketball guy to run your football organization. It just seems a little ass backwards to me, but I'm hoping it's something new that could shake up for the commanders and we can just get a winning team for once finally here in Washington. Right. Um, I guess looking forward, what are the what are the prospects now for the the, the position at the head coach for the commanders? Like who's who's going to fill this role now? I honestly don't know. I don't know um, if we hire from within. Uh, I don't think there are any like coordinators that on our school. I don't think anybody did a great job coaching wise this season to even serve as our interim coach. So I'm very interested to see who we go with. I know that Bill Belichick is is now available. That's but today, what did yes. I just say 30 seconds ago? I'm mm-hmm. I'm done with these old coaches and their old set mentalities of whatever, not trying to change, not tr- give us a new give us a new younger coach, man. Mm-hmm. Give us a younger coach that is a player's coach that understands what really needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's the most important thing. Like he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to have all the answers, but I believe his attitude and you know his football know-how is definitely very important. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the Falcons should try to do the same. Honestly, they de- they need a players coach. They need a a more offensive-minded guy um, who was supposed to be the in Arthur Smith, but he decided to you know live and die on his his future with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, and was you know subsequently buried on Monday mm-hmm. because of it. 
Um, moving forward, uh, Arthur Blank has this, and Rich McKay, who is the team CEO and president. I mean, they're, they're, they're going back into the same process of which we're going to find this new head coach. But we've done the same process over and over and over again. Um, we're to the point where even the media is asking the owner, Arthur Brink, like, if you're in charge of the, you know, the coaching and the hiring process, we've had three failed head coaches that didn't last three seasons and, you know, for the last three picks. Like, why should we trust you again to to go ahead and make that decision again for us and not even let your new general manager who's been doing a bang up job and reconstructing this roster and getting us out of cap hell, getting the guy in there who he wants to coach his personality he gets. So, you know, it's an interesting question and it's starting to look like bad ma- bad ownership turning into bad management, turning mm-hmm. into bad coaching for this franchise in terms of Atlanta Falcons. The Dan Snyder effect. <clears throat> the fact that they didn't it. even wait into the wee hours of the morning to give him his pink slip. They cut him at 12.01 that night. Shows you how frustrated the fan base was, how just, it, I guess, illiterate his job was because he just wasted three prime offensive talents that yeah. we drafted in the first round for this for this team, Absolutely. and he just refused to use them appropriately, and it was it just sucks. And I'm talking about Cal Pitts, Drake London, and of course Bijan Robinson for you guys for you fantasy owners. Used out there. All of them very poorly. Even though Bijan had a de- had a decent rookie season and will probably win rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Actually, he won't. Puka will. Puka's no. Yeah, yeah Puka. Puka he had set the record numbers. and he, he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I'm tripping. But Bijan still had a great a great year. But no, I I I agree with everything you said. I don't believe. Um, uh, what's 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 your coach's name? Arthur yeah. Smith. The coach? Mm. Yeah, I don't believe... Coach or the owner? No, the coach. Former coach. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the former coach. I don't believe he did enough to really bring out the best out of Kyle, especially Kyle Pitts, because from what I saw in college to what he did in the NFL, it was... Day and night, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I I didn't even think he he loved and the really game. has only regressed since his rookie year really with has. Matt Ryan. He got a thousand yards. He was our pretty much our sole weapon that year, and yeah. just did not elevate his. And game. that thousand yards was sp- it was really spread out. Like you didn't even. I don't think he had really like any great game that year. It was one of those barely thousands, but it was like yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah, so I don't uh, I don't know where do we go from here in terms of coaching. I don't know. Like I said, I want a young players type coach, possibly offensive minded. Our defense is there. I hope we retain our um, our defensive coordinator. Oh, y'all defense was very solid this yeah. year. Our defense, especially y'all passing defense for yeah. sure. Jesse Bates is uh, our safety is all pro guy this year. And we really held it together defensively. We just needed a quarterback to get to and a, and a competent play caller. We could have won 10, 11, maybe 12 games easily this year. We constantly play down to competition and lose games that we shouldn't lose. And it just we need a complete culture change in Atlanta. And I don't know where that leads from. Um, today, Diana Rossini tweeted out that we were linked to uh, Bill Belichick coming over. You know, if he was let go today, which he was. And I just don't find that pick interesting. Like you said, it's it's he's his stale and I guess one way mindset is with the reason why he got let go today. He got canned exactly. So he was also in charge of player personnel in New England. They are now heading in a different direction. They're going to get a GM and a coach to work together, which is the way it should be ultimately, in my opinion. Unless your coach is a serious, like a former scout or a serious evaluator of talent. Which Bill Belichick was, but on one side of the football. His offensive eye was not there. At all. I mean, he tried to get away with Bailey Zappi and, and Matt Jones. He drafted Nikhil Harry as a receiver in the first round. He just he doesn't have the eye for town on the offensive side <laughs> of the Nikhil ball. Nikhil Harry. And, and Atlanta doesn't have a quarterback right now, so it just doesn't seem like a good fit for me personally. So let me ask you this. You, you don't, do you don't believe Desmond Ritter is the future? No. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not, bro. I had <laughs> if you were to ask me this this time last year, I would have said I have hope that he could be a good ball player. But mm-hmm. after this season, watching him flip flop and just throw bonehead ass interceptions at the worst possible times in games, no, get him out of here. If anything, we'll have I, I, I would much rather have Taylor Heineke return so we can have him as a bridge quarterback so we can at least go find an adequate veteran or we can bring along another rookie. But. <clears throat> 
a lot of things have to change and change for the good for this team to be successful in the wrong way. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to mm. waste a lot of talent. A bunch of guys are going to leave in free agency once they um, contracts are up. And we're just going to be stuck in turmoil for a while, man. And I feel like we may not be successful until Arthur Brunk either passes away or sells the team, unfortunately. It's starting to look like that type of team – like commanders, they, we weren't going to have any type of sustained success unless you get rid of the owner. So I don't know if that's where where we come to with this franchise, but it's starting to look like that, unfortunately. Mm. But like we said, we can talk about Bill, Check, Bill Belichick a little bit today. It was a little bit of a surprise of him getting let go today, um, considering that you know he's the longest tenure coach you know in the NFL. A lot of people consider him as the greatest coach of all time. Where do we go from here if you're a Patriots fan? Um, like, how do we turn this organization around? Obviously, uh, the owner, uh, Arthur, not Arthur, uh, Robert, Robert Kraft, Kraft, is not really a hands-on, picky type of owner, so he's going to let give guys a bunch of leeway like he did with Bill Belichick. Um, I guess, where do we go from here with this team? Because um, they, they need a lot, obviously, to get turned around. Yeah, they definitely need a lot. I definitely agree with you. Um, I think it starts with the quarterback position. For sure. I think... I think defensively, while they definitely had games where it was terrible, mm-hmm. like stretches of games that was absolutely terrible, overall, especially towards the end of the season, they started to pick it up. Mm-hmm. They started to play much better defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but offensively, it has always been and will, for some reason, even since Tom left, still was just a terrible, terribly made offense. Tom Brady literally made that whole offense. He made thousand yard receivers out of a guy called Dion Branch. Yeah, like outside of Gronk, Tom really had no real talent around him, and they've managed to keep it like that since he's left. Mm-hmm. So I think this offseason, this draft, they need to really go in on offense. If they would, I, I'm not sure what pick they have in the draft. Go get you a, a, a better rookie because Bailey and uh, Mac Jones ain't it. Mm-hmm. They're not it, you know. Go go get some receiving talent, you know. I think Zeke still has something left for them to at least do uh, do do some right. tandem work, you know what I'm saying? I agree. He had a really good yeah. under-the-radar season, yeah. now, and I was really happy for him because I did – I you know, I didn't like how um, – Dallas kind of like let him go like that, especially considering how he was basically the face of that franchise. Right. You know. Um, but I mean, it was inevitable because they thought they could get away with it with just Tony Pollard. They they did, and they and they failed, failed miserably. miserably. Yeah. And then they thought that they could fill Tony Pollard's role with the uh, the short guy that they drafted. What's his name? Uh, out of Northwestern. Dowdle. Um, Duke something I didn't name Duke or something Oh Deuce Vaughn Deuce Vaughn Yeah, yeah we yeah, go yeah. No, that's, yeah he be he, he barely even looked At the field this season Yeah So you know He was very undersized And stuff Okay let me ask you this Out of the Eight coaching jobs That are available Let me see Let me list these uh, Coaching the jobs Available Just run them down again Commanders Seahawks Falcons Chargers Raiders Titans Panthers and now Patriots. Which one of those jobs would you, if you're, let's say you're Jim Harbaugh, you got your pick of the litter right now. Which one of those jobs would you want right now? Best head coaching positions. I would probably say, can you please rattle those off for me one more time? Okay, so you have the Washington Commanders, Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons, LA Chargers, Vegas Raiders, Tennessee Titans, Carolina Panthers and then the New England Patriots. I would definitely have to go with the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. That seems to be the best place because they have pretty much the best roster top to bottom. They, and they the, have the quarterback. They got the quarterback. If, I mean, if he's not injured, they have the great running back in Eckler. They, again, their whole thing is injuries. Mm-hmm. It seems like every season these motherfuckers cannot stay healthy. Yeah. But if we're looking at a talent standpoint and assuming. God allows each and every player to stay healthy. They are the best team top to bottom. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham in the goal line in case you need to get freaky on them. Like, Defense ain't bad, too. You got, def- you got the Bosa. You got Derwin James. Derwin James. You got uh, Khalil Mack. You got... 
Yeah, it's some tough. studs. I think that would be a, a great team to inherit for sure, mm-hmm. and just really get that culture. I don't think Brandon Staley commanded the locker room. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I wasn't. Never, I was never in there, but I just just looking at him and kind of yeah, outside looking in, it doesn't seem to like that. He, he don't seem like he strike fear. No, I mean, and I'm not saying these coaches should be striking fear in these players, but yeah. it's just like he don't seem like he commands that attention, mm-hmm. and you could tell like he be looking confused and shit sometimes on the mm-hmm. sideline and shit, like he don't know what the fuck he's doing. Well, that yeah. kind of happens when your your job is on the line, and then they had that awful performance where they got blown out by like sixty points, sixty three to twenty one on a Thursday night, and it, it was, was in bad. prime time. It's, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. When your job's on the line, you can't get blown out like that, especially in prime time. And it was just a sign of things that he obviously had lost the locker room and a lot else. But uh, I, I must agree with you that probably is the best position outside of maybe. The Raiders and the Falcons. Um, only thing with those two teams is like you can you can, you need to go pick your quarterback. Yeah, so do you yeah. trade up and go get that quarterback with Atlanta? At least you're there at eight, so you have some. You can either get Michael Penix or maybe a Drake May if he's still there, or you have the um, ability to trade up a little bit. But if you're Washington, that's also intriguing too. You got a new owner who's willing to spend money. You have the highest cap. You have going to have about ninety million available in cap, so you can sign guys. I don't know if it'll be a free, big free agent destination, but you have to overpay a couple of couple guys to get them to come there. Um, yeah, and then also, you, you know, you get to you got the second pick, so you probably can go ahead and pick your quarterback or your left tackle. You know, what I'm saying, please pick a left tackle. We do not look. I said this, I believe, on a podcast before. Sam Howell has done enough for me to conclude that he can lead this team. Mm -hmm. Is he a bridge quarterback? Fine, whatever you want to call it. I'm not saying he's here to stay, but I let's let's not waste. You're saying he's an adequate starter. He's adequate. Let's not waste this pick on a on a quarterback. We're not sure how he's going to translate in. in the league. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young was the first pick in the draft and was absolutely horrible. There were questions about C.J. Stroud before, uh, before the season started, and he is in the playoffs, and he's massively outplayed Bryce Young. Right. Granted, they both went into different situations. They both went into different, different situations, but still a, a rookie coach in Houston, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. a, a rookie quarterback. I mean, Nico Collins had 1,300 yards receiving. Are That's you, unheard of. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. So, if I'm the commanders for my team, please pick a player in the first two in the first two drafts. Use your first two picks to pick the best available offensive lineman that you can because Sam Howell was on his ass at least 60 times last season. Led the league for sure. I don't even have to look up the stat. I know he led the league in sacks taken. And and for him to do all that and still be top ten in damn near all of all of the quarterback cate- um, categories, to me says enough. Like you can do it. You can you can lead the team. You just need more protection. You right. need more protection. I think the worst job is probably this Carolina Panthers job. They have the worst roster and then probably the worst owner in the NFL with David Tepper, who has a serious temper and a, a short leash for. Progress, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go to your sign a massive extension, he still has to pay you or whatever, and then get you get candy stuff to pay. You. I mean, your one A there is Adam Thielen. Yeah, so you already know you. I mean, he did finish with a thousand yards this year. Did not know that. Okay. Yeah, barely grazed over a thousand, which is, I mean, he even surprised me. But still, he had to get massive, massive target share for that. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest. So, I think that should let you know everything. They definitely need to. Get back in the lab I don't know I don't even know If Bryce Young is it To be honest If we're being honest I'm not sure If Bryce I mean, Young is it But it's, it's only been it's one been year It's been one year And he's had a Horrible coach Offensive line Like I didn't expect Much from him This year If he would've did More than what He If he would've been Close to You know Winning You know Six seven games I would've been Impressed with that To be honest with you mm-hmm. Um, But yeah uh, I don't I don't think That happens I I Everybody thinks that we're going to trade for Justin Fields as a quarterback in Atlanta. I don't. I don't really like that. You don't like Justin Fields in Atlanta? No, I don't. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Honestly, 
No real reasoning behind it. I feel that. I mean, the reasoning is is he's not he's not a prototypical quarterback that I think that it will be successful in the system that needs to be run with the playmakers that I, that we have. We kind of need a pocket passer type guy with a little bit of mobility, obviously, but he just. He's not a guy that can sit in the pocket and throw and make reads and throw the football. He needs to be out on the run. He needs to be – he's a Cam Newton-type player. You mm-hmm. know, if the first read's not there, I'm out of there. You know what I mean? Right. He's not, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm not saying he's great neither. So I just don't feel like he'll be the appropriate fit. It'll just be a lot of, uh, you know, just frustrating moments. that It just won't be all put together, I feel like, if we're going to get just – The only reason I disagree with that, and I, when the season started – there's no way you could tell me that I that um, Justin Fields will be good, or I would even be interested in Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. But as the season progressed and how it finished, I can firmly conclude that Justin Fields is here to stay. I feel like he's gotten better at passing the ball. I believe he's been more calculated with his runs. You know, he's not just getting – it's not just 18 carries for 192 yards, like how he was going the season before. You know, like it's much more calculated. And the last but most important um, thing I want to add is DJ Moore had like 1,400 yards. There, was, He was a dominant one, and he was getting him the ball in in a plethora of ways. So I just feel like – I don't know if he comes to Atlanta. You have uh, you have a you have a one in Drake London. You have a tight end in Kyle Pitts. You have a great running back in Bijan Robinson. Defenses have to worry about them and have to worry about Justin Fields running, which only makes Justin Fields passing better. I mean, I'm looking at it from that standpoint. I think it could potentially work out mm-hmm. with that defense as well. I mean, it could, but. Probably the best candidate I feel like on the market is Vrabel. I was totally surprised that they got rid of him, even just after his first, you know, two losing seasons. He just won coach of the year like three years ago. So, I mean, granted, you know, he he did all of this with Tannehill, Malik Willis, uh, Levis, and, Levis. And, and Joshua Dobbs at the end of one season. So, and still won close to, you know, 55% of his games. Without a real solid, adequate number one quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. So uh, for him to get, you know, to get uh, fired like that, but apparently him in front office wasn't seeing eye to eye, so that happens, and it just didn't work out for them, unfortunately. So, but you know, another man's trash is also always another man's treasure. Another so. man's treasure, facts. We'll see. Uh, okay, let's talk about playoffs, man. We are set. The playoffs uh, are set. We have the uh, 49ers who have the bye in the NFC and the Baltimore Ravens who have the number one seed in the bye in the AFC. Let's talk NFC first. We have uh, Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff. Going back to Detroit, man. That is going to be a very back to Detroit. interesting storyline, but also the two quarterbacks were traded for each other in this game. This is going to be – I think this is going to be probably one of the high, higher scoring – uh, match playoff matchups. Normally, playoff matchups would be lower scoring, more mm-hmm. defensive minded. But I think this 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 is really going to be a good test. I, for some reason, despite the fact that Detroit is a feel good story, you know, this is their first, last season. They barely missed the playoff. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they barely missed you know, at the they, end. Yeah, they're finally in. They're locked in. But Detroit defensively still has been complete garbage. Yeah, their offense has been so good. That it's been able to mask a lot of the defensive nonsense. Mm-hmm. Outside of Aiden Hutchinson, ain't nobody really doing damage. It's garbage, yeah. bro. It's garbage, bro. Like, D- Detroit wins because they outscore you, not because their defense shows up. They have plenty of weapons, too. They outscore you every time. You know, Amon Ra, uh, Jameer, David Montgomery. Like, offensively, they're probably, like, the most loaded team coming into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But defensively is what I'm nervous about. Defensively is what I'm nervous about. I was honestly shocked that the Cooper Cup didn't bounce back like the way he did. I thought the the season Puka Nakua had this year was going to be the season that Cooper Cup had coming off of his. I don't think he he was he was even seventy percent the whole season. Yeah. I think he was playing through injury every single game. You could see it the way he was kind of like grogging off or whatever. Like, and I don't you know, 
I, de- I definitely believe that Nakua's emergence also kind of took a hit to his production. Mm-hmm. But I think he, I think the whole season he wasn't, he was n- not at any point 100%. Okay, so the key, I believe, here for both offenses is going to be the run game for Detroit and the passing game for. For uh, LA So like Well that's what's crazy though Because Kyron Williams Has proven that he He's He's a dog I think he finished like Third in the league And he he missed four games So Okay I did not know that Yeah He finished third in the league And he And he Missed like four games So I think from From that standpoint Again we talked about how Detroit's defense Is so trash Mm -hmm. I think that they do a lot of I think um uh, I was about to say St. Louis Rams I think the LA Rams Do a lot of play action passing Oh yeah they have to A lot of play action passing Over the top So Considering that Run game was working so well Like you do and They have to pass off I hope it. them DBs are ready uh, Let me look at the line Of this game Because uh, I know you're right This has to be a high scoring game I'm thinking the total Is going to be around 52-ish Right now I'm looking up on FanDuel Real quick 51 and a half Oh I'm good Come on That's crazy Yeah 51 and a half Rams Plus 140 To win I mean Detroit is favorite Yeah Yeah They're the home team They get the Three point advantage They're saying It's going to be close but what what game is really going to be close is this Philadelphia Eagles they're, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They hit the Monday night game. Philly gets an extra day of rest here. They need it because both of their stud wide receivers are banged up. They're really. And the Eagles have lost, what, four out of five at the end of the season and are basically just hopping in on one leg. And Baker is kind of hot right now. And he's playing for a new contract, and that would definitely get him a new contract if he could win a playoff game here for Tampa Bay. No, that is true. I definitely agree. I think Baker Mayfield and the Bucks are emerging at the right time, and Philly is imploding at, at the, the worst time. At yeah, the absolute worst time. But I think you kind of touched on it—the extra day, the extra practice, the extra reps—and they're also dealing with a lot of injuries. I think Jalen Hurts injured his finger or something like that. Dislocated his finger on his throwing hand. They said he hasn't thrown since since Sunday. So, so that could be something. That could be something to really be, you know, mindful of. Do I think that the Bucks beat the Eagles? No, I still think for some reason the Eagles end up winning only because throughout the season the Eagles have been better and. I don't know. It's something about something about Jalen Hurts. You know, he has a he has a real winning mentality. I just believe that the Eagles are the better team, and ultimately they find a way to get it done. I think so too. I think you think. Well, you said the Eagles are getting that. I'm I'm going with the upset here, man. You going with the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. I feel like Todd Bowles is going to dial up a lot of pressures. I, and we kind of saw it last week when when they played the Giants, right? Last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Wink Martindale just sent a lot of blitz. And you kind of have to be prepared for that when you're facing the Giants because he does like to send a lot of blitz. But he, I feel like Jalen Hurts just had a hard time recognizing it. Mm-hmm. And he was getting caught up in just, like, making sure he was feeding, you know, Brown and 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 uh, Devontae Smith for some reason. And I feel like he just got a little bit lost in the sauce, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that Todd Bowles is going to dial, dial up a lot of pressure it's, they're going to get to him early and often, and it's going to throw the flow of the game off, and they're going to have to be playing from behind probably. In Tampa Bay, I don't know, man. I just feel like, like you said, the, the Eagles are they, – they're failing at the wrong time. And unfortunately, if this law – if they lose here, their coach might be fired too because they just fell off the cliff so hard, which is the reason why Doug Peterson got canned in, in I think the, I think the NFL is such a ruthless league because, mm-hmm. like, the Eagles were literally just in the Super Bowl last season. And NFL stands for not for long. Not, not going to be. Long, you're not going to be playing for long. You're not going to be coaching for. Long. You're not going to be winning for long. So you have to compromise on your window, and 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 win that ship when you can. I truly believe owners and um, everybody have to understand that. Like this is a process. I I I truly believe that every coach deserves minimum. Three to four years with each team without being fired. You can go O and sixty four. That's fine. But you come on, bro. It, it there has to be like I'm coming in. I'm inheriting whatever bullshit y'all. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Y'all was on. Give me some time to get it right. That's why with the whole Ron Rivera shit, like, I wasn't mad that, like, we were continuing to give him a chance when he was obviously showing us he was trash. Because it was like, we need him, we need to give him time to really potentially turn this ship around. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that in one or two years. I don't think you can do that in one or two years. You know, and if you depending do, on where you coming if from, if you do, yeah. you know what I'm saying. You, I mean, look at what Ryan's is doing. He's and that's literally the person I was thinking yeah. about when I when I was saying what I was just saying. I don't. I mean, I I think it was perfect timing. I mean, I think he's a great coach, but I also don't think that like it was like a. Well, it helps if you have two out of the first three damn draft picks, and you have a you have your star on offense and your star on defense, and you're able to select them that year, and then they come out and produce. So there's a reason why those two guys went top five in the draft. Will Anderson and CJ Stroud is who I'm referring to. Mm. So now you got your quarterback and you have your captain and your pass rusher on defense. Two, probably the of the most important positions in football. And then you add the coach to it to bring the culture change. These guys are fighting every game. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so you can turn it around. It's just a matter of the the prowess of the coach. Even even when McDaniel's came in and in Miami, they weren't that good. Turned it around. No, that's not true. You talking about uh, uh, when Cuz was there, Flores, for the Dolphins? Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're they right. barely missed the their, playoffs. Their defense was good. Their defense was good. And I don't know if you remember, Flores never liked Tua. Yeah. He never wanted that man to, man to succeed. So I think he was purposely putting him in situations where he knew he would be trash. Which is that's just the facts. That's why Flores will probably never be a head coach again. Yeah. He's a he's he's a good coordinator though. Great coordinator. Okay, so yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Tampa Bay, man. They're going to win this, uh, and you're going with I've, I don't know if we made a choice in the Lions Rams game. Who's who? Because uh, I'm going with uh, I think I'm gonna go with L A. I think I'm gonna go with I'm going with two dogs in this first two NFC matchups. Uh, I'm going with the Rams and I'm going with Tampa Bay. Who's your pick in that? Um, L.A. Rams, Detroit game. I don't think we picked that. I went with the Rams. I oh, said you, Rams. Oh, you yeah. said right. Yeah, okay. I said I feel like the I feel like playoff Stafford is just a different beast. It is, man. It is. Playoff, and, and 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 he's trending in the right direction at the right time. Sure to is. begin the season, I thought I was like, man, this man is about to retire, but he is he's slinging that thing, man. Pause. Yeah. Um. To die. and now, hold on. Okay. Not to not to cut you off. Yeah, and now, Matthew Stafford is solely responsible for the best receiving seasons and the best rookie receiving rookie receiving seasons of all time. With Calvin Johnson and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup. That's right. that's that's pretty insane. So he, he is the he has the most. He's responsible if for the most. Want, if you want a record, you know who to you, yeah. you know who to call. So the most yards, the triple crown, and the best rookie season. That's responsible. For that is that, that is crazy. that is pretty pretty tough to put under your belt. Yeah, um, as a quarterback, that's an awesome feat. Okay, yeah, we also have the moving on now. We have Dallas and Green Bay. We get this matchup again in the playoffs, man. And I, every single time, but we from previous, you know, they previous meetings, they've also had Aaron Rodgers. Now we have Jordan Love. They barely scratched in on the playoffs. Ah, something in my heart wants me to pick pick Green Bay, but I think Dallas scrapes by in this first round. I think they ultimately ultimately meet their demise in the second round, but I do think Dallas scrapes by here, and they put up a bunch of points too on Green Bay, just because their defense is just reeling right now, and it just hasn't hasn't looked sharp all year. It really hasn't. It really hasn't. And it's gonna be it's gonna come down to Green Bay, which wide receivers are going to catch passes for. I mean, well, for Jordan Love. Jordan Love has really started to build a rapport with. Um, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed, yeah. You know, and I do think that that continues. But I think that the – I think Dallas is just too locked and loaded. Dak is playing the best football he's played this season. And C.D. Lamb is for sure looking like C.D. Lamb is one. looking like the best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. After Tyreek Hill was the best receiver in the league for them near 14 weeks. Um, Yeah, man. And the defense looks like it's also – where it was week one, week two, week three, because I don't know if you remember, Dallas started off insane. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of fell off, fell off injuries or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I do think that experience at the end of the day will help Dallas ultimately defeat the Packers. That's my that's my prediction. 
Yeah, I think Dallas will be moving on as well. I don't think it'll be easy, but I think they'll have a probably maybe a ten point lead going to fourth quarter. They'll, they'll run the clock out and probably close them out with a late field goal or something like that. That's mm-hmm. my prediction. Okay, moving on AFC side, we have the Ravens with the number one, so they will be getting a bye in the first round. They get that bye. And I think the probably the most exciting game of the weekend will be Cleveland and Houston where we have Joe Flacco leading the way in Cleveland and, uh, of course, the rookie stud C.J. Stroud in Houston. Houston I think that's home. I think that's such a such a wonderful matchup because it's like a super contrast. Rookie first coming up, Joe Flacco, a veteran that's been doing it. Yeah. Like, I just think... Also fresh off the couch sort of kind of. And two, and two very vicious defenses. I think that's what it is. Two yeah. very, very vicious defenses. So I'm very excited to see... Um, who wins But if If I had to put money on it I'm probably gonna side With Joe Flacco Cause again Playoffs I'm always siding With experience mm-hmm. um, The Texans are A very young team And I think CJ Stroud Is here to stay Right But I don't think That they're I don't think That they're ready For the moment Just yet And it's nothing That they've done To make me feel like They're not ready For the moment Right But I just believe You're that just leaning Towards experience And I'm gonna have to I'm Agree with friend. you Um it's just because this is going to be their first playoff run. It, it takes a lot for a brand-new head coach, quarterback, and edge rusher to get yeah. on the same page to make a deep playoff run. It could happen, but mm. like you said, I'm, I'm leaning towards experience. Joe Flacco, they got the veteran leadership there. You got a guy who's made two long Super Bowl runs, you know what I'm saying, and has won one Super Bowl, so... Uh yeah, I gotta I gotta lean towards Joe Flacco and the Browns this time. Amari Cooper has been looking sharp down the stretch. He's proven that Super he's sharp. a number one receiver. And he missed the last game to more or less rest, so he's basically been off for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think he's I think he'll be ready to. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna stop him because he's still one of the sharpest route runners in the game. Sharp, sharp. Okay, and then probably the. The the beat 'em up bowl is like I like to call it. You got the Steelers and the Bills. This is going to be a tough, grind it out, drag them out type of game. Can Mike, we, can Mike we, Tomlin? Yes. Can we give Mike Tomlin his flowers real quick though? Yeah, man. Like, just one another time for the winning one time. season with another mediocre quarterback or roster or both really. It seems like Mike Tomlin goes through this every fucking year. Mm-hmm. When I say every, I'm talking about in terms of diva receivers. Not real locker room camaraderie. Niggas taking shots at each other between Antonio Brown all the way to Ryan Clark yeah. to now we got George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, Le'Veon not Bell, willing to back yeah. up uh, Mason Rudolph and shit. Did you hear that? No. What happened? Kenny Pickett refused to to back up uh, Mason Rudolph or whatever, so they just made him in, inactive. Uh, inactive. Mm. Like, so they had one quarterback going into the game? I believe so. Or was or was Trubisky the quarterback? Oh, no, no. True, uh, uh, Mitch was the second one. Okay. It was Mason and Mitch, but they just made Kenny So he was healthy, but he was just a healthy scratch. Healthy scratch oh, wow. because he didn't want to back up Mason Rudolph. <laughs> I, mean, I don't blame him. Again, alleged stories I'm hearing. I'm not saying this is true. Alleged. But yeah, nah. I d- I feel like with I feel like with all of that for Mike Tomlin to put on his head and for him to still come out, not only a winning season but a playoffs just shows the tenacity, just shows the the sheer willpower that you know he has really garnered throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? He he he. He's one person you can say it's the coaching that is working. Because mm-hmm. nothing on the field is like standing out. Nothing on the field is like, oh, that person is the reason y'all are winning games. Right. No, it's got to be the coaching. It's got to be the scheme because y'all are doing it as a team. You know. And honestly, who thought the Steelers were going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I think probably this year and the last probably two years, People were thinking, oh, this might be the year that they actually fall off. And they've been teetering around 500 until the end of the season. They went two or three games together. Consistent. And now they're, you know, a nine, ten win team. And it's just they're back in the playoffs. But on the Bill side of this game, man, I really think Josh Allen, uh, you know, is going to finally make a deep playoff run. But I still think they come up short in, in the championship game. Mm. 
ultimately they haven't been on the same page with Stefan Diggs this year. He clearly wants out. We're gonna. I'm, I'm curious to see what what the situation is gonna be like with him. Man, Gabe Davis is such tables. a boomer bust receiver. Kincaid, I do like. He's a proud. He's a. He's gonna be a a good tight end in this league uh, moving forward. Um, but James Cook has, like you said, has put together a good season. Allen's still running the ball well. Their defense is going to be kind of kind of scary now. Their secondary, like, oof. I you know I could just see a couple big plays to Pickens over the top, and that just might ice it for them. Because if yeah, they can't move sure. the if they can't move the ball or run the ball against the Steelers, it's going to be a long game. And then 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 you tie in the Josh Allen uh, going forward type picks. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. it could be a long night for Buffalo. I will say this though: T.J. Watt is out. That is true. I forgot about that. TJ Watt is out, and that is a game changing player right there. So, I mean, I mean, I maybe the game. I believe the Bills win the game. It's a home game, um, but I'm not. I'm not counting. I'm not counting out the Steelers to do something. Yeah, fact. So yeah, I, I ultimately do think the Bills will win the game, probably in a close game. But they, uh, the Bills. I mean, the Steelers will be fighting to the end. Trust me. And then probably the game of the weekend, we get a rematch of the London game that should have been in prime time, which mm-hmm. is the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tyreek Hill uh, returns to Arrowhead. Returns to Arrowhead. These storylines is giving. It's been crazy, right? Just in the first round. It's giving movie script Oscar. <laughs> I know it's not the case, but that's what it's giving, man. Like, how do we draw this up any better? Well, yes, Tyreek Hill travels back to Arrowhead to face his old team. I believe the Steelers. I said, "Ooh, the Steelers." I believe the Chiefs smacked the shit out of the Dolphins. If I'm being completely honest, really? Yes, I believe they beat them by at least two touchdowns or more. Why do you say that? Yeah, I believe the Chiefs are playing at home. Yes, yeah, they are playing at home. The Chiefs' defense has never been a problem this season. I don't think so. At any point of the season, the Chiefs' defense has never been a problem. It's their offense. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe Patrick Mahomes with a day uh, with a week off. Travis Kelsey took took the week off. Most of their starters took the week off. I think they do enough to get it done, but defensively, I think they throw to a fits. Okay. They throw to a fits. I don't even think it's about Kansas City's offense blowing them out, more so than it's about Kansas City defense shutting down. Mm-hmm. Because they, I mean... They know what the fuck they about to do. Yeah. Throw it up to Tyreek. Yeah, but I, it's hard to stop. It's easier said than done, my guy. But if any team can can identify and stop that, it's that team. You seen what the fuck they did to him last time they played. Tyreek did not have a great game at all. And he actually ended up losing a fumble, ended up losing the game. Yeah. Well, my thing is, my, for, for Miami is, I know Waddle's been banged up a lot this season, but he has to show up. He's got to take some pressure off of that Tyreek in order to open up those one-on-ones or at least to get a, a one-on-one and maybe some safety over, safety help over the top so he's just not blanketed. Right. Um, the underneath stuff, he's going to have to take control over. And the run game's going to have – they're going to have to move some guys on this offensive line. They're going to have to tally up where Chris Jones is every play and make sure he's taken care of. I know they can run the ball efficiently. They're going to have to do that, play off of the play-action pass, and then that's going to open up those deep shots mm. to Tyreek. But I do think it is going to come down to who outside of because the Dolphins did lose a bunch of key players on defense, including Bradley Chubb, who's their you know excellent pass rusher that they traded for Thanks. to an ACL injury, and another guy I believe in the secondary. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But the uh, the Chiefs, it's going to come down to who who can catch passes outside of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Obviously, Travis Kelsey has fallen off a cliff here the second half of the season. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be the one to say it. Ever since he started dating Taylor Swift, he's been in the media. His game has lacked lacked a lot of of production. I'm not going to say that she's left his game in a blank space, but... (laughs) Kind of has. I'm just saying. Uh... I mean, I'm just kind of stating out the obvious, and then they're cutting to her every commercial break. I just can't imagine how how much the coverage is going to be during an, a playoff game, let alone, you know what I'm saying, the regular season game against the Jets or whatever they had. It was crazy, um, just the media coverage on her. I think it's a distraction for, for Kelsey and the team right now, um, which is why... 
they haven't been producing offensively like they have down the stretch. Yeah. So is Kadarius Tony, is it Rasheed Rice? Is it going to be Rasheed Rice has been consistent? He's been though. consistent. I think he finished like nine nine hundred yards or something. Oh, I think Moore. I think the last uh, three four games he's like emerged as hey I can at least do something for mm-hmm. the Mahomes. So I think they're gonna it's gonna be heavy Kelsey heavy Rasheed Rice. Um, and yeah, we'll see, bro. We'll see, bro. But I definitely think that the Chiefs beat him by at least thirteen or more points. Uh, now that I'm breaking it down, I think it might be a double digit win just because they're missing so much on Miami's defense, and it's gonna be hard for them to keep up because the Chiefs' defense is so good right now. You're right. Um, but good, uh, we'll see, man. Playoff predictions. Okay, so moving forward, we have. Me personally in the NFC, I have the Bucks, I've got the Rams, and I got the Cowboys. And AFC, we're going I'm going um Browns, Chiefs, and the Bills to skate by. And you are going what now? So you're going Philly, the Rams, Cowboys, right? Yeah. Philly, Rams, Cowboys, and the second one I'm going, I think the same thing you just said. Okay, so. I think the Browns. Browns, Browns, Chiefs, and Bills. Precisely. Okay, man. It's going to be an interesting first round. So, if that comes out, I believe the Browns would then go on to face Joe Flacco. I mean, not Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. which will be the return of Joe Flacco to Baltimore. And if he beats the Ravens in Baltimore on the way to the championship game, that's going to be a headline for the ages. That will probably be the the greatest storyline ever. In Cleveland at that. on the couch chilling with his family. Yeah. That's... Yeah, bro, that's pretty insane, bro. In Cleveland at that. Uh, okay. I do want to talk a little NBA before we go. Okay. I don't know if you saw, but uh, the Warriors were in prime time last night, and they got absolutely demolished by demolished the Pelicans. Demolished by the 141 to 105, I believe. Um, they were yeah. up 40 at one point. Yeah, I was told after that game there were, there were reports that um, everybody not named Steph Curry is up. Mm. Is up. Like they are available for trade, mm. you know what I'm saying. So, I think it's time to to break that team up. The dynasty yeah. is obviously it's over. Cool. New teams, younger, they're getting fresh. So Draymond can't stand. How do we, how do we fix the, the Warriors? Game. I should say, who are we trading now? Is it Wiggins? Is it Thompson? Is it everybody is it has to go? Everybody. It's a fire sale. Mm. It's a fire sale. I think, I think, Clay Thompson's injuries has finally caught up to him officially. He's. Definitely not the same player. He can't even give you 20. No disrespect. It just is what it is. Draymond Green can't physically keep himself on the court because he keeps on WWE and these people. So <laughs> You heard he got a uh, a round of applause when he uh got back excuse me, when he got to the court, um I guess for the game for the game when he showed up to sit courtside. Oh no, I didn't I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that. I, I believe it though. Um and yeah, no, I just feel like They've relied too heavily on Steph to save them from time and time again, and now teams teams are just like, bro, we're going to put four niggas on this man. We don't give a fuck, bro. And then we're going to make him work defensively and make make him switch onto our best offense and play and play one on one, play yep. defense. Yeah, and then, so they're, t- they're tiring him out on both ends. And he's yeah. what thirty three years old, thirty four years old now. He's slowly but surely realizing he can't do it, you know, at that level anymore, whatever. And the team is just not looking good, bro. They need to get some bigs. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevon Looney is the only real big they have on their yeah. team, and that's not that's not good enough. Yeah, and they're putting a lot of prowess now on these young guys, and they're just not it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're low draft picks from the over the course of these championship years, and they just haven't had much playing time. And they just they're they're not NBA ready ball players yet. Um, unfortunately, we did have some big news uh, out of San Antonio. He um, Spurs did win a game last night. They beat Detroit, I believe. Well, everybody's beating Detroit these days. Um, when Mariano, man, first triple double, youngest to do it in Spurs history. Make sure to secure that what, basketball. What, where do we put this alien figure in comparison to the rest of the modern freaks that we've seen over the course of you? have had guys like Kawhi Leonard, you know what I'm saying, Giannis. I mean, he's definitely up there for sure. Um, I think. Some of the stuff he does on the court is obviously ridiculous. You can literally throw it up down to every possession and he can just put it in the net without even like jump up. 
put it put it in the net without even like jumping. But the finesse he has, the actual basketball skill he has, is actually amazing to see someone that tall be able to move like that. So I mean, where he ranks, back to your question, I I would definitely say he's probably like top three mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think he could reach a Giannis and Shaq level type dominance in this game because he, like you said, he's seven five, he's super athletic. But he also showed off the passing skills last night. He can obviously rebound. Um, this guy can be a a Jokic, but, but with a Shaq-like dominance. We've never seen anything like this. And this is why I was going crazy when we didn't win the lottery. We didn't have the opportunity to pick this man because he is like a talent we've never seen before. And his potential could be the best player ever with his skill set. Oh no, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. He could be the best player ever. But is he game changing though? I think so. I just think we he just got to get because the Spurs. If you look at the Spurs roster, they kind of stink outside of him and Keldon Johnson. Really, yeah, they're they're they're, they're bad. Trash. They're, <laughs> they're trash. So, bad. Like my whole thing is, how long do you think it would take before this ship gets gets right? Because right now they're playing like ass. Right. The Spurs suck. Like they're probably like a game or two ahead of the Pistons. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as tough as he is, I don't want to give him just one year. You know what I'm saying? I want to give him a, f- a few years, but as it stands, it's going to take three or four years. You know what I'm he hasn't necessarily done anything to change that franchise. Whereas I want to randomly bring up Zion Williamson because mm-hmm. the Pelicans are hooping, and I feel like a large part of that is because of him. It is, but I want to say it isn't at the same time because his lack of aggression has has ceased to amaze me sometimes when I'm watching him. Because last night, it'll be a few possessions where, like, he'll have the mismatch, he'll post up, but he doesn't command the ball. He'll just, like, if you see me, throw it. You know what I'm saying? If you're a guy like that, I understand Brandon Ingram is in, and McCollum are, you know, some serious talent, but they're paying you $200 million for a reason, bro. Mm-hmm. You have to go be the guy. And, go get that. And, and dominate. Yeah, he – his mindset doesn't seem to be fully locked in on basketball and being the greatest basketball player I can be. I know he's young. I know he's paid. He's having a lot of fun. Obviously, getting a lot of women from with his troubles off the court. You know what I'm saying? You know, the perks of being an NBA superstar. But when do we see you actually be that consistent superstar that dominates every night, elevates his team, elevates his teammates, and makes that deep playoff run as well? I just want to see that out of him on a consistent basis, and then we can finally get to the Zion show, Facts. like we like we really want, like we really expected it to be. Facts, no, and and because this team was was number one for a while in the West last year when he was healthy, starting out. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's there's true. no reason that this Pelicans team can't be really good, uh, you know. And then we look at a team like the Lakers with an aging LeBron and aging AD. And it's like if it's not those two guys getting 25, 40 to, to 40 points, everybody else is just is mediocre. We thought Gabe Vincent, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, these guys were gonna Gabe be the villain. Vincent hasn't even played a game this season. Yeah, he's but, been hurt. Yeah, he's been But we always we already thought that these guys were gonna be enough. Like, no, we gotta have more pieces around LeBron and AD to help. You know, and just nobody has been consistent enough. We thought it was going to be D'Angelo Russell's year this year. He played well till he got bumped out of the starting lineup. Cam Reddish was playing all right, and it's just like nobody in the circle is consistent, consistent enough. enough yeah. yeah, to keep this Lakers team going. And they gave Austin Reeves the deal. The too. deal. So I mean, he's been good, but he hasn't been great. You know, he's coming off the bench. You know, he's averaging like what sixteen points, eighteen points. I was like, okay, it's pretty good, but it's not. It's not impactful enough. It's to, not good enough. Yeah. They're, they're, Lakers are the temp seed right now. If it wasn't for the play-in, they would be out of the playoffs. So, you know, it is what it is in the NBA. Who who do you got your eye on right now in the NBA in terms of, you know, is it anything sneaky, anything that stands out um, to you? I was really feeling the Pacers prior to Tyrese Halliburton going down. Yeah, yeah. I was, man, that guy is playing some phenomenal basketball from a point guard standpoint. Back-to-back 20-assist games. Rarely turns the ball over to, mm-hmm. and you can just tell the way he plays football is ooh, basketball <laughs> is very infectious. Mm-hmm. You know his teammates love to play with him. You can see it through the TV screen when you're watching it. Like, bro, this team is lit. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to go to a Pacers game in yeah. in Indiana. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure that shit is lit. So that's the team that I'm really looking at. I also like. Uh, excuse me. 
I also like the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think the Kings are also playing really well. Darren Fox was finally averaging third, 30 a game. Uh, Sabonis doing his thing. Is still a game changer. And also. then also the Rockets, man. Mm-hmm. I really do like the Rockets. Talk about them real quick, man. Man, we're we're reaching our our potential with the new roster and regime. We finally had a decent offseason where we had plenty of cap space and plenty of uh, you know free agent money. Um, we're able to come out of that with uh, Fred Van Bleeding and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks has been setting the tone defensively for us. We have played excellent defense. Emi Udoka has been looking, you know, keeping us looking sharp. But the guy of the team is Al Prince Shingoon, baby. The, <laughs> Shingoon the beast season. From, beast from the East, man. And the offense really should be running from him because he is definitely our baby joker, baby Jokic. I call him the jester. I love it in terms of baby joker. Baby uh, J. Yeah, he's uh, averaging like 22 and 11 with, you know, five and a half assists as well. And he hit the he hit the game time shot last night to keep it going. We lost in overtime to the Bulls, but he sent us in overtime with the game time shot. And man, it's been it's been fun to watch because I've never seen the Rockets. We haven't played this good a defense probably since like two thousand and seven or eight when we were back in the McGrady Yao days, like when mm-hmm. we were making our run back then. It was it's, it's fun to watch. We're 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 competitive. We're very competitive. And we can win a lot of games that I didn't think we were, we could win in the past. So Facts. I'm happy with that. We're just putting a good product on the floor. And I'm glad we've retooled because I look at other cities like Detroit, like you, like we said, mentioned before, they've been astronomically bad. Even they've had the same amount of low picks that we've had over the course of the years. San Antonio, they just got win by honor, but they're still trash. right? Absolute garbage. Right now, but we've drafted Jalen Green and got some picks around him and now we're, you know, we're at the low end of the playoff race, right? As in terms of uh, right now, you know, coming into the new year. Fact. I love that for us. We have a, a chance to at least make the playoff. I didn't even expect that coming into this season. But, you know, new coach, new point guard, new forward. A lot of the things that, that just blows me about this team is just like, I feel like we were, we go and come with Jalen Green's shot. So if Jalen Green is on, we're gonna win tonight. If he's yeah. off, it's very much so and up. His in the shit air. is still very like up and down. Yeah, very hot and he's cold. N- he's very inconsistent right now because he could give you thirty one night and a hot six the next. So you know when he's taking a lot of the shots to the uh, throughout the game, it kind of throws the flow of the game off, and we kind of you know live and die with him. But Van Bleet had like thirty something points, and you know you throwing Shingoon's work, you know we may win a game. But I, I love the veteran presence. I love the team camaraderie. We seem to be playing more just just team. Ball. And from a and from a defensive standpoint, I love Dylan Brooks, bro. Yeah, I love Dylan Brooks for y'all. I think he's bringing that, bringing that flavor, bringing his own little swag. Like mm-hmm. I, I have grown to really like his character mm-hmm. in the in the in the NBA. He's, he's telling the people, that "I'm here to stay, bro. I'm a I'm a good good offensive ball player, bro." Like Dylan Brooks was y'all like the shit when he was at Oregon. People don't Facts. people forget about it. Like Mans is a good ball player, and I'm 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 really like where we're heading with our coach and our roster now. I just hope we can draft well, maybe get another piece or two in free agency, and just keep the momentum going, man. I'm loving what we're doing in, in Houston right now with the Rockets. So just keep it going. Uh, anything else you want to talk about NBA wise? I know we're still. Uh, NBA wise, first half of the season here. Yeah, nah, it's still it's still semi early, or whatever. Um, at the end of the day, you know the Wizards are complete ass. So I don't, I really don't have much to say. Come, come, come. I'm I'm really just looking forward to these NFL playoff games, and uh, you know where where do you where do we see Wes Unsell Jr. after this season? He's gonna keep it. I hope he. I mean, honestly, I hope he doesn't, bro, because it's like. This is his what third season, the yeah. But look what he's had to work with, though. Like you had a, a beat up Bradley Beal and nothing else around it, and then again the same thing about NFL. Three to four years, if you can't, if you can't understand, understand shit happens. But it's like, hey you man, got a bottom five roster though. I don't think we're bottom five. Kyle Kuzma, and Jordan Poole alone shouldn't make us bottom five. Pace, I mean Pistons, Spurs. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know. 
don't know, bro. Yeah, yeah. y'all have a bottom fried rice. Might we might actually be right about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. So yeah, I have nothing. I have like I have no bottom. Everybody to talk else about is that. is winning for for the most part. Yeah, now we suck. Maybe Chicago. Even the Magic is going crazy this yeah, year. Yeah, but I say the Magic are playing well. They got they got a better. I mean, Chicago maybe like even Chicago they got DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic. Yeah. Like they have pieces. They just don't win. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's gonna be tough. And then they're shipping out and going to Virginia in two years, man. It's tough for Wizards fans. Tough for Washington fans, just in general. Bro. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah, we'll figure it out, bro. We'll figure it out. Well, we appreciate everybody coming back and listening. This has been another great episode of Old Brother the Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Peace, Old Brother.